Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AMT Tech Trends podcast, where we discuss the latest manufacturing technology research and news. Today's episode is sponsored by IMTS Plus. I am the director of travel, Benjamin Moses, and I'm here with the director of travel. <laughs> oh, well, he's here with uh, AMT's male plus size model, Stephen Lamarca. <laughs> Steve, how are you doing today? <laughs> hey, hey uh, Indian Lex Friedman. <laughs> I'm travel, so we got the IMTS coming up, so I thought I'd throw a little something That's in fun. there. So speaking of travel, you know, we're going to be at Chicago or in Chicago for just over a week or so. Uh, not as long as the people that are, uh, as, as the exhibitors and some of our staff that are doing um, uh, setup days and uh, um, a lot of the uh, pre-event stuff. Uh, but we'll be there for a while. And one thing I wanted to continue our conversation of, we talked about food in the last episode. Yep. Uh, a couple of places. We talk about drinks. Drink. Most people are going to have a drink. If you don't drink, enjoy some mocktails or Most some. Most people are going to drink. <laughs> Everybody at IMTS drinks a lot. <laughs> I thought we'd talk about what your favorite drinks are, either in Chicago or when you travel. Uh, what's your ordering strategy? Okay. When I'm out and about, my favorite cocktail, and what, what stinks is, what's good is it's simple. Um, sure. But I always have to explain it to people, to like servers and bartenders. Okay. Because it doesn't have a name. Okay. And I'd love to give it my own name, but like, like it, it, nobody's going to know what that is. Um, but I like to ask for a pint glass. Sure. Full of ice. Okay. And I fill it halfway up with Frangelico. Okay. And then the rest of the way up with club soda. And it makes like this Italian soda. That's cool. That it, it, an Italian cream soda yeah. with hazelnut flavoring. You throw a straw in there. It's just delicious. It's nice and light. So you're, um, you it's go, tasty. You go right off the bat to a custom order. Yeah. Right it's, off it's the bat simple. to a custom order. That's cool. Now, if they're not having it and it looks crazy busy and sure. I'm not about to explain it to anybody, best cocktail there is, one part glass, one part whiskey. <laughs> sure. If that's, if that's what you're into. Especially scotch. <laughs> bourbons i'm really excited because um to plug a little bit of promotion here uh i have a collaborative uh collaboration uh, recording video recording that's going on with myself okay uh road tripping with steve meets the tom and lonnie chat and we are gonna have a little episode of us basically getting blitzed at Koval on like saturday <laughs> or sunday or friday and that's a local distillery yeah it's right. a local distillery nice. in chicago uh really cool family story of sure. these two they are you know gq models and they have a distillery <laughs> in chicago and it's awesome i do like to at my at home i like to try and purchase as much local stuff as we can virginia has actually a broad spectrum of uh, breweries and distillery yeah so there's always a section of local uh homegrown stuff and i'll see if i can try that same in chicago yeah, I'm sure they'll have. I mean, there's. Um, oh, I'll definitely bring you some if you don't get to make it. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling they're going to send us home with a lot. So usually when I'm out, I, I have I do have simple taste also. Like if there's time to order, I'd, I'd like a, a dirty vodka martini, as many olives as possible. Good for you. Classy. Um, yeah. I don't like olives, but yeah. if I did, man, I would be drinking martinis <laughs> all the time. And then uh, obviously, if, depending on uh, the night, you know, an old fashioned is always good. Um, or mm. to your point, I have a little more of a complex. I have a twist on an old fashioned that I've been making myself. Yeah. It's a little bit on the sweet side, which I'll, I'll, I'll share. It's granted. Uh, so it's one part bourbon, bourbon, mm-hmm. one part, one part armoretto. Okay. Half part triple sec. Okay. And half part peach schnapps. Mm. I call it the Ben fashioned. Dude. Nice. It's delicious. That, sound, that sounds amazing. It, you know what? Just so our listeners know, like Ben is one of the funnest people to drink with <laughs> because you're classy. 
you have a great taste in the classic cocktails, but you're also not ashamed to like venture out and venture out on something that would get anybody <laughs> else judged on. Like you can do that. My the no shame in the middle of winter. Ben's ordering a pina colada. <laughs> My second strategy is I order the most unique name cocktail on the menu. Sure. So it's tough when I go to some places and there's no cocktail menu. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> or if you see something across the restaurant that comes yeah. out lit on fire, uh, Ben's like, I'm going to find out low key without anybody noticing what that is. And then I'm going to order that. I'm going to try my, to burn my mustache as I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Steve. Uh, tell me about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is IMTS Plus, the people behind technology, the stories driving the future of manufacturing, the thought leaders and people like us creating the products, the opportunities and solving the challenges of our industry. Explore a new digital destination designed for the manufacturing technology community where you can watch, read, learn, join and connect. Go to imts.com. Nice. So for the articles I want to cover today, it's a continued conversation of our walkthrough for IMTS. Last episode, we talked about the pavilions uh, in North and South. Yep. You know, you come in either from the North building at uh, one of the drop-offs or from the buses in the South building, you make your way through uh, North and South, and then you're leaving that area, head towards East. Now, before you head that down the long hallway, which is a long hallway, there's the main either stage. Either direction, it's going to be a long <laughs> yeah. hallway, dude. There's the main stage. I highly recommend checking out the schedule for the main stage. We're going to have a ton of content. You and I will be on there on Saturday afternoon. Uh, recording our live episode. We'll be have uh, we'll have a couple of sections uh, in a, one of the other recording studios in the afternoon. But don't forget to check out the content on the main stage, and then head to the east building, which covers uh, software, CAD, CAM, and also metrology. Oh, you know what's nice about the walk to the east building? Not to say that it's not a bad walk or that it's a bad walk to the west building, <laughs> but going to the east building, you cross a long bridge, right. and this beautiful bridge has gives you like the best view of. Uh, Whatever lake that is, you know. I'm, 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 yeah. Who knows? It's one of the one of the Finger Lakes. I'm not a uh, an archaeologist. What are they? A geologist? <laughs> what, what? Some of the geography. Ists. Oh, there you go. Geography. Yeah, I'm not a geographyist. <laughs> That's true. I mean, headed towards the East Building, you you are headed towards the lake. So if you do leave the East Building, just like if you're headed there for lunch, if you're going to grab a pretzel or a hot dog Everybody from inside there. Everybody has lunch. Like well, everybody that's smart has lunch on the lake. It's going to be fun. Like you can grab your lunch yep. and then go on, on a 15 minute walk <laughs> to go to the lake. And then it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, so once you get in there, the first area that you, the first pavilion that you're going to be faced with is the software and CAD cam area. Yes, sir. And it's, it's a good, um, you know, refresher in terms of, you know, connectivity and um, how important software is to the manufacturing industry. So I've got an article that talks about um, how to get started with smart manufacturing and IoT. And it's a two-part series. Um, and there's two big takeaways that uh, I really like from these articles. One is on the first part, it talks about the importance to define what it actually means for a machine shop to be smart. Everyone turn throws around the term smart manufacturing, smart manufacturing, smart shops. Um, but as a business, uh, the key takeaway from the first part is where does your business want to be in that journey? You know, uh, what do you want to connect? What value are you getting? And that leads directly into the second point of, you know, the first steps of using live data is define planned and unplanned downtime for basic tasks like machine setup or blowing off chips. You know, this, the black and white um, markers of is a machine running? Is it not running? Is it cutting chips? Is it not making me money? You know, that's, that's the foundation of the first value that a lot of people are going to look at. And a lot, 
it's overrated. I, I it's I'm sorry, it's underrated. Underrated. It's underrated how important that is. Because once you can understand that first black and white, then you can get in the grades of why was a machine down. Yeah. You know? And I I really like this uh, two part setup for those that are uh, either starting their um, smart manufacturing journey or that that want to revisit how far they've come in their journey. Right. So it's a good article. Um, the second article I found was uh, connectivity boosts productivity. So kicking off back to, um, you know, a connected factory. This is a uh, Tom Alani chat that you hosted. That's right. And it was a great episode. And the key three bullets uh, that I found were uh, mm. data matters on every scale. That's right. Con- if, it, if, it, if you can write it down, if you're going to write something down with yep. a pencil, why isn't it digital? Exactly. Yeah. Why isn't it in a system anywhere? Exactly. And, and it gets back to, you know, starting the um, process uh, small. You know, it's starting off with simple, is the machine is the machine running? Is it not? You know, so getting to um, very small stuff to at some point in the future where you're collecting everything from every machine. Um, I think starting uh, very small is important. And context drives relevance. My favorite bullet point. Yep. My favorite of the three takeaways from that whole thing. Um, context drives relevance. Don't mean to shameless, uh, shamefully plug uh, MT Connect. Sure. But, you know, when anybody that's worked with MT Connect before knows that there's an agent and an adapter. The agent basically translates the the machine's native data right. into the MT Connect language, and the adapter puts it into context. It right. makes sure the sem- semantics is right. And that's like, and that's important because, you know, to think about languages, if you go to Google Translate and you type something in there in English and then, you know, what is this in, you know, French, right? You're going to get a direct translation. Yep. But it's like, like word for word. Yep. You know, Google's smarter than that now. It probably has the right grammar and all that stuff. But maybe hope, you would hope. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the translation might not necessarily be in the right context. Right. There might be something lost there. Yep. You know, context is super important. Once you're once you hop on that digital thread, it's important for digital manufacturing and tattoos of other languages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last bullet I have uh, from this article was uh, digitize everything. And I think that's a fair digitize every day, every day. I'm sorry that. But still everything, everything, <laughs> every day <laughs> that talks about the uh, process of uh, digital manufacturing. It's not day one. You're you have everything digitized. It's starting off small and taking incremental bites towards uh uh, adding value to the business. So excellent article that, um, that was, that was a fun discussion. Yeah. Having a conversation with Tom and Lonnie, uh, and, uh, Andres Wagner from authentize. Yeah, so that, that was a fun interview. He's a really fun dude. He's one, he's one of those people in this industry that, uh, of a lot of people in this industry that are really smart, but still really easy to talk to you. Like, you That's know, cool. this person is insanely smart and you have no business having a conversation with them. <laughs> But they still make you feel like a decent person, even though you're really dumb. I mean, that's fair. Maybe with, that's just me. That's fair with Tom and Lonnie also. True. <laughs> True. So uh, metrology, that's also in the West Building. My favorite. Our favorite. I love me a good gauge pin. So I'm not going <laughs> to mention the company's name because sure. Hexagon will get really mad at me for mentioning another company. <laughs> but um, uh, I love going to this one company's booth because they make they make really accurate hand tools for measurement, uh, you know, calipers and stuff like that. And 
they show up to IMTS or any trade show, but especially IMTS, and they have these awesome tables and they just lay out all of their tools. And you can go up there and you pick it up and you play with it. But while you're picking it up and playing with it, the table lights up and tells you what you're holding and points to all of the features while it's in your hands. That's awesome. That's a fun experience. You'll figure out what company that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I don't, you know, I want to offend Hexagon. And the sh- the shifts in metrology, so it's a broad spectrum. Obviously, you've got physical elements, right? You, if you have a go no go gauge design, you're going to need some tooling around that, and basic tools that hand tools are required. But the there's been significant shifts in how much uh, metrology uh, plays uh, role plays in data data yep. acquisition. Yep. Um, and there's been big shifts in uh, in process capability. So yes. uh, metrology is no longer or, or quality is no longer a big pillar at the end of the process. Moving that to in manufacturing, in machine, in process has made leaps and bounds. Um, there's the automation side of it too, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about adding like a a, um, uh, a fifth axis or a, a additional axes to CMMs um, and automating that type of process. But also, you know, um, uh Automa- inspection robots. Inspection robots, exactly. The growth of vision systems for uh, at- attached to robotic arms has grown significantly too. So being able to check to see if something is there, you know, yeah. <laughs> assembly inspection and in addition to, uh, you know, measurement inspection for, for vision systems. So Does it, I wonder if anybody makes end of arm tooling for a robot that is a caliper. <laughs> like that opens and closes a caliper sure, and it sure. just like it, it pinches something. It was like good. This is this is the diameter. This yeah. is the OD of this yeah. part. We'll look around and row. We'll we'll search for that. I hope so, man. <laughs> uh, so that's in the west building, and so I'm sorry, the east building. So now the last section that we're going to hit on is all the way in the west building. So it's a long walk. So if you want to get to um, additive tooling and work holding, that's going to be in the west building. And there's a couple. Of, uh, there's a conference there also. So. One thing we would advise you that there's a couple of things to keep in mind. I, the floor plan that you're going to be at for IMTS is big. Walking yes. between north and south is fine. I mean, to be honest, there's a big areas. So you're going to cover a lot of ground there. And, then, and if you go down the student summit, check that out. It's a lot of ground. But yeah. now you're traversing the entire length of the campus. And there's a couple of key things to keep in mind. And you mentioned that too. Is Minimum 15-minute cushion. Yeah. If you're going to be anywhere, you have to be you have to leave to meet to to meet up at that place yep. 15 minutes before your meetup time and don't rush don't rush like give yourself 15 minutes and take the whole 15 minutes walk slow your feet ankles joints or your knees they will all thank you <laughs> by by wednesday evening and you're only yep. halfway through the show yep. they will be thanking you absolutely and I think that's the key is uh, a lot of our audience may be used to obviously working around the shop floor. If they're manning a couple of machines, they'll get, they're used to walking around quite a bit. Yeah. But now you can put on several miles on in one day. Easily. So several, well, wear some yeah. tennis shoes or something. Get some uh, inserts. Also, one thing to keep in mind, there's a lot of shiny objects. So if you have to be somewhere. Put on you, the blinders. You got to put on some blinders. Put on the blinders. If you're a high profile person. Put on disguise, like do a little, <laughs> the little Groucho marks, like nose and glasses, mustache disguise thing. Hint, hint, Steve. <laughs> Seriously, like, like uh, that was really fun this year at Rapid. Yeah, uh, it only it happened. I, it happened enough times. I can only count it on one hand, but it was cool. Like trying to be somewhere, walking from one side of Rapid to the other, and somebody would shout, "Hey, it's road tripping with Steve." Nice. It was really fun. But it's fun. 
I my my golden rule of 15 minutes, a 15 minute cushion to be somewhere at IMTS. I may have to double that this year. I'd recommend that. We you, you know? got a lot I'm of places to be. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, but. <laughs> So if, if you're a high profile person too, give yourself maybe a half hour. You can experiment with me. Comment down below if you needed a half hour. I want to hit on tooling and work holding first. Yes, sir. So I came up with a fun quote. Um, if subtractive uh, is the foundation for, of the manufacturing industry, tooling and work holding is the clay of that foundation. I think it's um, not talked about enough how important uh, tooling and work holding is particularly for subtractive. And I got two very good articles that talk about um, how the importance of tooling work world and how far they've come. So the first one is from um, Cutting Tool Engineering, and they talk about uh, make better tool choices with new online resources. So I'm a big fan. Everyone's a big fan of uh, uh, the Machinist Handbook, right? Yes, That, yes, that has so much information. And I was looking online. I have uh, edition 27, and they're up to 31 now, which makes a lot of <laughs> sense because I'm old. Wow. Um, but there's, there's so much information there, and it's a very good starting point. But in terms of where we've come, there's so much fluidity in cutting tools in terms of feeds and speeds and knowledge related to cutting tools and specific applications. Um, this article covers some, some three very good uh, key points for making sure you have the right tools and you're running them at the right uh, at the right speed. So uh, the need for education, right? What is the thing that you're cutting? So they get into um, the flexibility of job shops of you could be cutting, you know, wrought three a stainless steel three twenty one one day to cast ink and the next day. Are you going to use the same tools? I don't know. Are you, so the you know the basis uh, for the education. Also, you know, we've inherited a ton of knowledge. We've been machining for a long time. Is we're, casting canela thing? Oh, absolutely. You can cast it. Yeah, definitely. How hot is that? I mean, you got to melt it. It's not like super like not want to be melted. <laughs> I mean, it's heat resistant alloy, so it's got very good strength properties at very high temperature, but everything melts at some point. Or burns. Or <laughs> True. <laughs> That's uh, impressive. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was a cast thing. Yeah, yeah. We cast Inconel 6718 uh, also. Now you got to wow. heat treat that afterwards. Okay. Don't forget to hip it. Hot static press? The second one I have <laughs> is uh, sharing, you know, sharing uh, machining knowledge. So there are a lot of online resources and a lot of documentation towards the stuff that we've been uh, machining recently um, and also the shared knowledge over time. Uh, in this article, they talk about, you know, roughly 1,500 pages of speeds and feeds and different um, configurations, and they expect that documentation to grow to like 2,000 by the end of the year. Um, and also uh, examining the role of parts distributors. So the parts distributed in the context of tooling. So the article talks about, you know, previously, if you had a part number, they'll get you a part number. But now they're more of a knowledge center. They're more of a knowledge house. They're aggregating all this information about how their cutters are doing. They're doing their own experimentation. They're understanding uh, the usage of their uh, tools. So instead of focusing on um, you know just part numbers, they're focusing on applications. So the scenario of I'm constantly flipping between materials, getting uh, an understanding of maybe I need a, a tool that can do both. Maybe uh, uh, I have such high um, uh, material change or material variation that instead of uh, changing tools based on that specific application, I need a tool that's going to cut three different types of material. It could go from aluminum to a stainless steel to a brass or something like that. Um, so I thought it was very interesting that, you know, the knowledge for uh, tooling has become super important in our drive to start documenting sure. to help accelerate manufacturers. I can't wait to see some. Uh, um... Use your word, Steve. Composite tools. Oh, yes. 
like they look like tire treads. <laughs> like they have like, you know, the, the yeah. flutes going in different directions. Exactly. I think it's, I think That's I can't wait to see some of those in, and actually hold them. Yeah. That'd be person. great to see. Also, you can't cast Tungsten. Fair point. You can't cast Titanium. You can cast Titanium. You really? Yeah. Don't question my Titanium skills. Okay. I won't. <laughs> I won't. But I know you can't ta- cast Tungsten. So the next one I have is the intersection of additive and tooling. So this is where we kind of uh, blur the lines between those two pavilions. And I think it's a very good use case for a lot of uh, manufacturers where there's a lot of value of additive in tooling and work holding. So we've been talking about work holding um, in general, being able to grow um, custom uh, work holding fixtures for a while. And that's a very soft jaws. That's a fantastic use case for additives, particularly if you have plastic additive in-house. Um, you know, you could grow it very quickly get that tool set up and then you're running that number of parts, especially if you use a high strength uh, ABS or high strength plastics and um, scenarios. So this article specifically talks about um, on the cutting side, you know, the use of additive to get very, very complex um, cooling channels and those cooling channels uh, improve tool wear and cutter performance over time. Um, and one thing that I do like is um, extending the life to promote minimum qual- quantity lubrication. Dude, you're the biggest fan of MQL. I'm a big fan of MQL. MQL fanboy over here. <laughs> I wanted to make a comeback. <laughs> so I thought this was a very good takeaway. You know, you're at you're at this uh, in the West building, and there is a lot of synergy between additive and tooling and work holding. Obviously, additive has a long way to go for production. We are seeing a lot of production use cases, but there's a lot of value day one for. Uh, additive in your factory you know what to get sidetracked real quick to go on a real quick tra- tangent um you and russ but specifically you taught me about mql year one yeah at amt and um fast forward to yesterday jesse and nina asked me about uh cutting fluids yeah like jesse start opened up with steve what do you know about uh blazer swiss lube and, you know, it went on to a good conversation about the different types of fluids used in machining and whatnot. Um, and I mentioned MQL and I told nice. them MQL. And it wasn't until yesterday that I realized one of the big setbacks, one of the the only con that I can think of to MQL. Because it's so minimum mm-hmm. and they use you use so little of it. There's not enough to flush the part of all of like the chips and whatnot. That's fair. So it can't be used like an air, a compressed air uh, jet. Right. Chip evacuation or, is still a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's ways around that, too. I've seen. Uh, and the less the, the 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 less the lesser fluid you use, you know, the less cooling effect that fluid will have. But that's not the yeah, application. It's, it's lubrication. Right. That's cooling. That's part of the design. Right. If if. If you need, like if you're doing a deep cavity, like a tub or yeah. something like that, maybe MQL is not your thing. You have tons of chips. You're going to need some type of action or you cut that horizontally. Maybe you don't cut that vertically. Right. So there's a problem statement. There's always a solution. Roughing versus fine passes. Exactly. Uh, and then additive has grown significantly, right? We have got a couple of conferences over there. Um, uh, they're talking about additive and the the changes and the shifts in um, uh, the technology and uh and I think it'll be fantastic for people to take a look and to see how far uh, things have come. Mm. Um, also explore, if you are getting new into additive, ask about what are the environmental environment and health and safety requirements too. So that is severely underrated. I've been on a bunch of tours where we go into the um, uh, the additive section and they're doing metallic parts. 
and you'll see a operator in complete respirator equipment, like a helmet and like a Tyvek suit. That's because the particles are so fine that you could inhale those particles. So it's basically in clean room conditions outside of the, uh, the uh, machine, but also inside the machine because it's like welding applications. So there's a lot of nuances to um, additive uh, and it's worth just asking, what is the workflow for an additive machine right. if you're trying to get into it? And be very careful of anybody trying to feed you the Kool-Aid that is the S word. Sustainability. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, there are a lot of our members, manufacturing technology creators, that are changing their factories into um, more environmentally fact, environmental fen- friendly factories. So sure. running their entire factory off solar panels and battery or sustainable energy. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I, I think that's fantastic. It, absolutely. Energy consumption is a huge... Manufacturing is a huge part of the U.S. Uh, energy consumption. But just if you're going for sustainability, you should be focusing on a technique, not a technology. Fair. That's solid. Good advice, Steve. Steve, that was a great uh, episode. I'm excited to blast. be uh, part of the IMTS crew. One episode closer to IMTS 2022. <laughs> it's coming up quick. Uh, excited to be in Chicago and excited to be uh, at the show. See all the new yes, technology. Sir. So any last parting words before we uh, close out for today? You can find more episodes just like this and more articles at amtonline.org slash resources. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.